When I hear the word Baragayla, so really two things come to mind. First of all, the Yeshiva Baragayla. My father actually was a Rebbe there for uh, many, many years. So one of my earliest memories is being on like a Shalaton with the Baragayla. They used to, is it still true? I don't know. Hot dogs and mayonnaise? Don't rush this thing. That's one of my early memories. Yeah, that's seeing these kids eating hot dogs and mayonnaise. It's just, that's one of those things. No, that's one thing that comes to mind with Baragola. And the other thing that comes to mind with Baragola is the Pirish, the Baragola, and the Shulchan Aruch. You guys know what I'm talking about? So on Shulchan Aruch, on the top corner of the Shulchan Aruch, there's a little Pirish, whatever it is, a commentary that's called Baragola. It was actually the grandfather of Vilnagon. The grandfather of Vilnagon wrote the Pirish of the Baragola. What the Baragola does is that it takes the halachas that are mentioned in Shulchan Aram and shows you the sources in the Gemara, where it's coming from. The Vilnagon, not only was he the grandson of the Baragola, but the Vilnagon saw his commentary in Shulchan Aram as really just an extension of his grandfather's Pirish of the Baragola. So the Baragola does that sort of on a very rudimentary, basic level, the halacha, the Gemara that it's coming from. And the Gra develops it in great detail, showing the intricacies of the Gemara and the intricacies of the Shulchan Aruch, how they're bound to each other. But the Goyim saw his, one of his major life's work of the Bir HaGra as just an extension of his grandfather's Baragoyim. So let's understand the themes of that. Why is Bashkach HaPragis that she would be called Baragoyla and related to the Goyim's grandfather? What does it do with Moshe Shabbos? Love Malka? What does it do with the Okay. What does it do with wine? I see wine on the table. Yeah, not so much wine. That's not so, so it's like this, you know, Malav Malka, as we know, is, uh, is a suda that's connected to Dovid Amelch. Right, Dovid Amelch. Avram Yitzchak with the three meals of Shabbos. And Malav Malka is the suda of Dovid Amelch. Dovid Malka Mashiach. So the Avayda, therefore, of Malav Malka is not just to celebrate the person David Melech, or to hope that we'll be able to see with our own eyes the reemergence of David Melech and the Malchus of Beis David, but the Avayda of Malav Malka is to connect to that quality within the heart, within each and every one of us, that's called David Melech. David Melech was not just a person, you know, David Melech was larger than life. David Melech is a reality inside each and every one of us. Malav Malka is a time to reconnect to that. So what does David Melech mean? What does David Melch mean inside of us? So in the Parsha, in the Parsha, Yaakov gives a bracha to all the tribes, all the tribes, all the Shvatim, yeah? So one of the tribes he gives a bracha to is Yehuda. And the bracha that he gives to Yehuda is the bracha of kingship, of Malchus. David Melch comes out of the tribe of Yehuda. But along with Malchus, David Melch, uh, Yaakov gives a bracha to Yehuda, that his portion, the territory of Yehuda, should be a portion that has an abundance of wine. Wine. And that the eyes of David of Yehuda should be reddened by wine. That's what, the, that's what Yaakov blesses. So we see this connection between kingship, malchus, and wine. Not only do you see that in the parasha with the association of the brachas that Yaakov gives to Yehuda, but the truth is we find this in many places. For example, where does David come from? David comes from the ultimately Rus, which goes back to Lot and, and his two daughters. How did Lot have children from his two daughters? From wine. 
Achashverosh is coming to Perm, right? Think already Perm date, right? It's the next big yontif coming. You have two Bishvat, by the way. Just throwing out there, two Bishvat. Yeah, okay, fine. The next two Bishvat. Two Bishvat. Basically, we're in the same program. But the next big yontif is Perm. So on Perm, so on Perm, uh, it's a Monday. So it's the same. Figure it out. I know it's two Bishvat. So anyway, so uh, so my Purim, so 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 the, the suit of Achashverosh, Achashverosh is throwing a party to celebrate his malchus, and what is the main staple at his party? Wine. Yein malchus rav Wine associated with malchus with kingship. Even in halacha, you find this. The halacha is that on some level, wine is like the king of all drinks. The luck is, if, if, under the right circumstances, if you make agafen on the wine, you could potter, shahakal, that you need to make on liquids. Wine potters it. Wine is the king of all, of all drinks. The word in Hebrew for wine, besides yain, is also terosh. Terosh means, terosh is a word for wine. Terosh also comes from the word rosh, which means a head. And Chazal say that zoch, if a person drinks wine, and he's able to control himself, to drink the right amount where the mind opens up, naser roish, he becomes a head. Chazal say that by the Suda of the Tzadikim, when Mashiach comes, the Suda of the Yasan, you're going to pass around the Kaishal Bracha, a cup of wine to bench on, and Avram's going to say, I can't do it because I need Ishmael. And all the Tzadikim, they're going to give excuses why they can't do it until it gets to Governor Melch. The king is able to make the Bracha of Agofen on the cup of wine in that Suda, Kais Yeshua Sass and Shema So Malchus is associated with wine. So what does wine tell us about Malchus? So, you know, there's something interesting, there's something unique to wine. Things that grow from a tree, or things that grow from the ground, the second you take it off of the tree, or off of the ground, it's officially dead. And the farther, farther it goes from where it was connected to, in time, the farther, it, you know, the farther, the more time passes since it was connected to where it comes from, the more it deteriorates, the more it falls apart, right? That's, that's death. That's what death is. Death is that there's a root, there's a source of life that this uh, carrot comes from, this apple comes from, and when you detach it, and the further it goes from its root in life, the more it falls apart. Wine is different than that. Because wine is that you take a grape off the vine, and now it's officially dead, yeah? Not only that, and you crush it. You make it very disconnected from where it came from. You know what the phenomenon of wine is? It actually becomes stronger with age. It becomes intensified with age. It, it reveals that it actually hasn't yet begun to live yet. Like the life of the wine becomes greater as time goes on. The more it's disconnected from its root. Almost as if wine is telling you that what you see with the naked eye as far as what you thought the root, the, the life force of this grape was, which was the vine, wine tells you that there's a a more mysterious connection between the grape and the source of life that's much deeper and much more profound, much more powerful and potent than just that vine. Malchus, what does Malchus mean? What does kingship mean? You know, there's a sentence that Pasik says about Davna Melech, doesn't say anything, doesn't say anything close to this, like any for anyone else in Old Tanakh. David Melch Yisrael Chaivakayim. The King David lives forever. Lives forever. Davna Melech means Kingship means that although on the outside it might seem that there's a phenomenon that's called Yeridus Adoros, the descent of the generations. What does Yeridus Adoros mean? It means that we were plucked from our tree, 
there was a tree, there was a source of life that's called Harsinai. And after that event, the carrot was yanked out of the ground. And the apple was taken off of the branch. And the Jewish people are moved from Harsinai. And as time goes on, death sets in, deterioration sets in, and things get worse and worse. Things move farther and farther away from its root, to the point of where it's almost, you know, it's almost unrecognizable to where it was in the beginning. Malchus, the kingdom of the Jewish people, says, that's all chitzayin. It's all chitzayin. In Pinimius, you've never moved a hair's breadth away from Arsina. You've never moved a hair's breadth away from where you come from. If anything, quite the opposite. As you go closer and closer to Mashiach, your connection to the root is that much more intense. Just as wine, the flavor of the wine, the depth of the wine, for those that appreciate it, it becomes greater with time. Almost as if it's, it's attaching itself to this more invisible spiritual source of life as time goes on more intensely. More intensely. That's what wine means, that's what Malchus is. The suit of, of, of Malav Malka, we know according to Chazal, there's such, a, there's such a tradition that the food that you eat by Malav Malka, it sustains you physically, but specifically the part of the body that's called the Lord, from which Tchiesa Mason comes from. What's Tchiesa Mason mean? Tchiesa Mason means that there's such a phenomenon that's called death, which means that you're plucked from the tree, and the farther you go from the tree, the more things deteriorate. Tchiesa Mason says that's all Chitzayis. In Pneumius, your root is much greater than the tree that you saw. Your root is something deeper than that. And your root is impossible for you to separate from. Adarabah, with time, you become more attached to your root. Rav Kook talked about this. Rav Kook used to say, just mentioned the, the, the song from Rav Kook. Rav Kook said that this phenomenon of David Melech, of the Jewish person, the Jewish soul, becoming more attached to their root as time goes on, it, it makes itself known in, in interesting ways. The cook said, you know, although there's such a thing that's called Yeritzadars, we have to acknowledge it, we don't know as much as our ancestors, we're not as uh, spiritually sensitive as we used to be, but our resiliency is greater. Our resiliency is greater. Back in the day, Rav Cook wrote in one of his letters, he said, that back in the day, if a person fell into certain mistakes, almost impossible to get out of it. Officially, you could get out of it, but it was very, very difficult. Practically speaking, impossible. But nowadays, says Rav Cook, and this is, hundred years ago. There's nothing a Jew can do to that, that makes, that, that, that's difficult to get out of. You just wipe yourself up, you go to the mikvah and weiter, finished. Why? Because that's the emergence of David Melech. That's the emergence of the wine of the soul. The wine of the soul means that as time goes on, as it's more crushed, more crushed, more, as it looks more and more different from what it did initially, it's actually more alive. This is the Indian of the Zolan Gain. The Indian of the Vilna Gain is to take a piece of Shulchan Aruch, which looks very, very far, almost as if it's completely detached from where it comes from. And the Vilna Gain, tracing the roots back from his grandfather, the Veragayla, what does the Veragayla do? What does the Vilna Gain do? He says, you look at the Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch is not just Tanam on its own, it's not in a vacuum, it comes from somewhere. It comes from a piece of Gemara. This was the style of the Grah, not only in his commentary to Shulchan Aruch, this was the style of the Grah in all of his form. In his Kabbalah form, it's the same style. The Grah, the Grah wrote a commentary on the Zayar, where he took five chapters of the Zayar Kaddish and showed how all of Kisveri and all of the Zayar is somehow tracing its roots back to those five chapters. The Goyen, this is not just a stylistic thing. This, the Goyen saw his neshama that comes to the world. He saw his mission in life to be... To, to have this avoida of taking Yidin, 
and showing them where they come from. He focused his attention certainly in Tyre, in the world of Tyre, but we know that every single yid is coming from Tyre. We're all just walking pieces of Tyre. The fact that the Nagayin did this to Shulchan Aruch, he did this to Kabbalah, where everything just looks like Shulchan Aruch is just static words on a page. And the Nagayin says, no, 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 these aren't just static words in a vacuum, they come from something. That's what the Goyim did. And the Balshantov comes and deepens it. The Balshantov says, not only is that where you come from, you should know that you're more attached to it as time goes on. That's what the Balshantov added to this Nakuda. The Baruch writes in this week's parasha, Parashat Vayichi, he quotes from Rabunim from Shizcha. He said that even though there's such a thing as Rizu Sadaras, the descent of the generation, that in the outside it seems we're moving farther and farther away from where we come from. So much so that it might get to a point of where we don't even remember that we come from anywhere else. And so we need the, the first step is the Vilna Gaim. The first step is the Vilna Gaim to remind you that you do come from somewhere. That you do come from somewhere. You're not just Stam, an American, or a Russian, or whatever. You come from somewhere. And then the Baal Shem Tov comes, or Rabbi from Shizcha said, that although there's a, the, on the outside it might look like you use the but with every generation, Nittar the root of the soul and its attachment to where it comes from intensifies with time. It becomes deeper, the flavor deepens. The wine becomes more expensive. The Vilna Gaon stage one, step one, the Vilna Gaon tells you that you come from somewhere. And the Baal Shanta says, and where you come from, not only are you still attached to it, you're more attached to it now than you ever were before. That's the yicha between the Gaon and the Baal Shanta. This, all, this is all tied up to what the parish is talking about. The Yaakov lived in Mitzrayim. His, great, his deepest years were in Egypt. The place that's the farthest removed from where he really came from. He came from Eretz Yisrael. And now he's finding himself in Mitzrayim. Ah, that's this, and that's that. That's what it means going to Balsham. That's what it means Baragad. What type of schuss it is to, to take a yid, to take a yid and to remind them that they come from somewhere. Aleph, and days, and to show them that where they come from, they are more connected to now than ever before. Let me tell you a quick Maisim. You know, they say that by Chesidim, it's needed to say Maisim. Let's say Shabbos. Let me tell you Maisim. I don't know exactly how this is going to connect, but it's a, it is what it is. Okay. Maisim like this. The Rebchazkel Shinever was the son. Was the Rebchazkel? He was the son of the Rishna. The Rishna had many sons. They all became big tzaddikim. So the Shinever was one of them. Rebchazkel Shinever. So my say is that there was a, a young bacher or whatever that, that came to visit uh, the Shinover. And he comes in for, for Yehudas, for Bracha. And he says he's coming from, he mentions the city, he's coming from one of the surrounding cities. And he says, the Rebbe needs a Bracha because he's having a lot, you know, a lot of anxiety. A lot of anxiety. So the Rebbe asks him, what particularly is bothering you? What's, what's making you so anxious? So he said, my chas is coming up. So Shinover said, that's a good thing. Why, why, why are you so stressed about it? He said, no, no, Rabbi, the, the chas is not stressing me. Maybe I, maybe I might not realize what he's getting himself into. No, that's not stressing him. He says, what's stressing me is the offer. The offer is stressing me out. He said, why? He said, because Rabbi, I'll tell you the truth, I, I'm not good with reading. And I usually don't, you know, when the guy offers me an aliyah, I don't, I don't take it. But it's my offer. If I have no choice, not only am I going to get an aliyah, I have to say the haftarah. I, I, I'm, and I'm, I'm Amish like, I can't sleep at night. I'm so nervous about it. So, there's a, so the, uh, the Shinnever hears it. He says, like, you know, okay, give you a bracha. Finish the Zalfin, you know, she matzliach. Okay, the kid goes away. Fine, after the kid leaves, so the Rebbe turns to one of his gabayim. 
he says, you know, in a couple weeks from now, I think I want to spend Shabbos in that particular city. He mentions the same city. So they go by and make the arrangements. And when he's there for Shabbos, he says, you know what, and, and usually the way it was, if the Rebbe decided to go to a certain shtetl, a certain uh, shtetl, whatever, they would set up a shtetl, you know, a chassidish shtetl, with the, the Rebbe was able to, to lead the thing. He says, no, that Shabbos, I want to dive in the main, in the main city shul, whatever. Okay, fine. It's Ashkenaz, which is strange, but okay. It goes fine. So he goes up there, and happens to be, it's the offer for where that kid is, you know. So, okay, now it's even, now the kid's even more nervous, because now the offer is in front of the, the rabbi, you know, it's not even, okay. That's what he does. So the kid is about to get up for the aliyah, and as the kid is about to start the brachas, as he begins to say the word baruch, the shenavar starts clapping on the bima, the, on his omelet, saying, ah, and he starts going into like the Vegas, you know, but not just stand Vegas, like jumping up and down, rolling, and he tells the chassid and start nigging, like it makes a whole balagan, while the kid is having his aliyah. So, and this is a perfect thing. So the kid just speeds through his aliyah, and no one's able to hear the after anyway, because everyone's like, you know, caught up with the Rebbe going through his gagun and, and things like that. That's the way. That's the way the kid was able to get through. That's the nice one. And I think it's like that, you know? As a, so, no, so what do you learn from such a nice one? Yeah. As time goes on, we become like that little kid, you know? Forget Big Madrigas, just getting Ali is difficult, you know? Even saying brachas, even saying a word of Kedush out of our mouths is mamish like, mamish like, difficult, difficult, difficult. But we have to remember, with the Goyen of the Balsham, like Rav Kook said, with Barak Goyla, we have to remember that at that moment, as difficult and as stressful as it might be, and as we're tearing our kishkas out just to say a kind word and a good word and to open a safer and to get to shul for a minion. And to say Amen, the Hulu, and all the holy things that we try to do and our ancestors did easily. We're pushing ourselves to do. We have to remember that at that same time, what's going on, Shemai and Mahamish, Rikudim, the Shiver is dancing, the Balshanta is dancing, the Gain is dancing. Davka, when we're doing our small little things, there's no such thing as he that's disconnected. There's no such thing as he that's far away. There's no such thing as he that's sleeping. There's no such thing as he that's small and tiny. We are, as, we are closer to Harsina than we ever were before. We're more connected to Arut than we ever before. Nitar b'chol davar dar yaisa. Hashem should bless us. Hashem should bless Baragayla. Hashem should bless all the Yidin that are mishtatif to mechazik Yidin to return them, to remind them where they come from, and to show them they're still connected to where they come from. Hashem should bless our generation to be to be the generation that, that is fully cognizant, that fully reminded of that truth with the yichud of those two worlds of the Gaon of Hashem. Tzadikim like Rav Kook and Tzadikim that are Tzadikim Pnimian. The beast may shit, the cane of Mary may not. My sire of Joey's guitar is going for eight grand! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I have to go get a new guitar. <laughs>